The Filter Not Included Podcast, starring Brock the Boss Withrow, Gavin Mr. T. Turnick, Natty B. Brisson, and Eric Westy Westman. Brock the Boss Earl here with the Filter Not Included podcast. We have Eric Westy G-Man, Maddie B. Brisson, and Gavin G.T. Turnick. Alongside one of our new hires here at Big Screen Sports, Mr. Dylan Pizio, Papa Peas, Pit Viper Peas, the Dota Master himself, the Moose Jaw native. Papa Peas, how are you, my friend? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good to be here. Good to be a part of the team. Uh, I guess my record these last few weeks is uh, kind of propelled me into a spot like this. So I'm just happy to be a part of it. And, you know, let's let's keep making some money here, boys. Yeah, Mr. Papa Pease has fully embraced the Make Sp- Sports Gambling Fund here. Big Screen Sports is what we're doing for the people. And he's also being successful at it where I've had to take a hiatus because I've been about one in 10 in my last few weeks. So I've had to take a step aside and let Pit Viper Pease have the spotlight here. But our former VIU colleague here with uh, Gavin and Brisson, we used to play with Pease, reached out. To, he actually reached out to us. He wanted to join the, the team and be a gambling insider for the NFL uh, and his Baltimore Ravens. You know, uh, Pease, how are your Ravens doing? Although Matty B. Brisson's Bengals did kind of destroy you last weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough little go there last week. Um I think uh, in just, you know, these last few weeks of the Ravens, we've had a lot of close games. I mean, minus the Chargers game, but you can see how dominant we were there. And, you know, I just think we ran out of gas. No better time this week for the bye week to come. But, I mean, in all honesty, Matty B can have this one and we'll take the next one. But um, it just makes the division race that much closer. And that's just Ravens football, baby. We love keeping it close. You know, we're always playing down to the other team. So, yeah, obviously, you know, you just want to give those Bengals fans, you know, shout out Tim Bennett, former VAU player as well that we played with. A little bit of hope in their season. They've had a rough few years. So, as a Ravens fan, you're probably thinking Lamar is going to give them a little bit of hope until they take their division lead. I'm assuming you're thinking the Ravens are still atop of that uh, AFC North division. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a one-two punch there with uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati. I mean, with Cleveland having all the injuries, Big Ben being ancient, you know, it's hard for them to compete. So I think it really is a two-headed horse coming down the stretch here. But I think the veterans on the Ravens will step up, and I think that's what's going to propel them to winning the division there. Beautiful. Well, Pease, obviously we roomed – well, obviously we didn't room together, but I was about at 410 as much as any other person. The royalty apartment there in Nanaimo, BC, as we were Vancouver Allen University baseball teammates. And I have a very important question for you before I give uh, Maddie B and Gav a turn to talk to you. It's been a while. Are you still the Dota champ of Western Alberta or Western Canada? Sorry. Dude, there's no question about it. Still playing Dota, still ripping it heavy. And, you know, I think if I'm correct, you still owe a little bit of rent. We'll uh, let it slide here a little bit. You know what we'll do is once the uh, big screen sports starts making a little money is we'll fly out here. Uh, all expenses paid, maybe even first class, depending. You're more, you're, you're not really a first class kind of uh, person, but maybe just for you, we'll fly you first class just to make up for all those uh, rent payments I owe from all the days and nights I slept on that couch. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'm, you know, I'm the grab your lunch kit, let's go to work type thing. So the first class, you know, a little too fancy for me. You know, I don't think the flight attendants would appreciate me being up there in my uh, full sweatsuit. So 
I'll take an economy class. Beautiful. Well, I can already picture those gray VIU sweats that you wear about six days a week and your uh, 3 a.m. Dota adventures. But I'm going to give the floor to Gavin and Maddie B. See if they have any questions or stories they want to bring up to you because you are the guest and it's not my show. Obviously, it's everybody's show. We want to have a conversation for the people. So, Maddie B. Gav, you got anything you want to shoot PZO's way? It's been a while for you guys. Yeah, peace. It's uh, it's it's been a while, man. Good to see you again. Good to talk to you. You know. You're on a gambling heater. That's good. The Ravens kind of fell apart, but like you said, you know, best time to have those troubles is right before the buy. So yeah, I was thinking before this podcast, I was like, what story can I tell about Pease that will perfectly display who he is as an individual? Um, and he is an individual in every sense of that word. So um, I, the one I landed on was we were at this party and there was a huge fire pit and some of these guys, he, he's smiling, knows exactly where this is going, <laughs> where some of these guys go and set a fire in the fire pit, but little do we know that there's a fire ban on the island. So in comes the, uh, in comes the fire truck, all the firefighters, they come in, they have to hose this thing down. But as soon as Pease hears the sirens and sees the truck, he's like immediately grabs the ox, throws on Fireman by Little Wayne and has that playing as loud as he can. And I don't think I've ever been so impressed. And the same with those firefighters. Pease is a man. Definitely. Well, I mean, yeah, thanks for that uh, great story there. It's good to see you uh, as well. You know, I think when opportunities like that come along, you really have to just take it by the balls and just shoot your shot. You know, everyone's going to love it. You know, it's back in the college days. Nobody really has a care. Alcohol's involved, you know, anything for a good laugh. I'm all for it. And I mean, I think I owe you uh, a great thank you. I know that we took a picture together on the baseball field, actually, Maddie B, that was on my Tinder profile for as long as I can remember. And uh, I think one or two of those notches is because of you, but. Hey, I'll take them. I'll keep those under my belt. <laughs> you got to love the collateral action there. I'm living vicariously through your balls. Well, I do know, obviously, from my uh, experience being around Papa Pease there, that he is easily the most uh, social and interactive person I have ever met. Uh, he could be, he could, he could commit mass murder and somehow he would talk his way out with the uh, sheriffs and the deputies there to probably get out of it. That's just who Pease is. Pease is for the people. And so is his podcast. Uh, Gav. The floor is yours now. What do you, uh, it's been a while since you've seen Pease. We saw him our freshman year. Uh, nothing like looking up to a guy like Papa Pease who flashed a glove no more than anybody else in the outfield to fake out a base runner and also live vicariously through the darts and the Dota. Gav, do you have anything for Pease that's yeah. been, uh, you've been thinking about for a few years now that we got him here on the podcast? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, when I moved out there, I was a scared 17 year old kid, man. I was trying to make a big first impression for the older guys. Um, first practice of the year, uh, we're doing a playing competition. Um, so I'm going around. I remember I was, I was going against Liam Balance. Okay. So I'm like, fuck, I got to beat this old guy. Right. Got to, got to, got to, got to try to act tough. And then Pease comes around. He looks at me. Hey, fucking freshman. I'm like, yeah. Get your fucking ass down, boy. I'm like, Jesus, man. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> and then a week after, uh, uh, Pease calls me up. Hey, come over to our house. I'm like, yeah, I didn't think of anything. Yeah, sure. Go over, have a couple beers, whatever. First 10 minutes I'm in that house, hands me the bong, hit this right now. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. Most don't ever been in my life. Don't even know how I got home that night. I could not function worth a shit. Dude, they got me with the same thing too. I've never been so high than when I was in that goddamn baseball house. Yeah. yeah. Prudhoe Street was yeah, easily the first thing to be man. at as a freshman. But if yeah. you were at the 
co-host as a freshman you had made it in that fucking city <laughs> yeah like that house had been around our team for a very long time i couldn't even tell you if anyone on the team is still living there i hope not for you know safety yeah safety concerns <laughs> and everything else going on there but yeah man honestly like when i first came out here it was uh like the one thing i noticed about the older guys is they kind of took everyone in it didn't really matter you know good bad ugly in between you know everyone just kind of meshed and got along and i thought you know like once i did get up into a spot that you know i was an older guy and some kids were looking up to me i mean i just wanted to take advantage of it and you know bring you guys in and welcome you guys in sure i know that my methods might have been a little wrong with the whole hit the bong drink the beer shotgun the beer you know like but i mean i'm just i'm out there i'm i'm usually the life of the party i love being that i love playing that role and i mean anyone that wants to tag along i mean jump on in you know it's it's always a good time that's about all i can say and you know gavin looking at you now compared to where you were when I had first seen you, it's like night and day, man. I can, I, there's no way I would have went up to you and looked at you the way you are now and said, lower your ass on the plank, you know, like there's just no way, you know? So, so I'm glad that I got you and you're just a little guy, but uh, no, you're doing well for yourself. Gal. Thanks dude. Appreciate it. Well, yeah, um, no, I think the most true thing that you said there, Pease, is that you love being like the party and, I think every party I went to on the island, if you weren't there, there was no straw stirring the drink. Yeah. No, like I, I did find a good crowd to kind of, you know, keep us occupied and kept the, you know, kept the wheels churning. You know, it's always, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? And I think the biggest thing was that we were always all, all together. You know, if we weren't all welcome, then, you know, we just weren't going. So they really didn't have a choice when it was, uh, who could come and who couldn't. So. No, and I have one more thing. And then uh, I was a part of one VIU World Series. And then we, we won that year. Brog and Pease were both on that team with me as well. That was a good year. Yeah, that was a good year. Uh, I remember actually kind of being a little bit of a slump going into that World Series. And uh, then looking at the team, I was kind of looking around and just being like, holy, like I've got all the freshmen. Like, yeah, I think it was me, Wedge, and Gallo. We had Gurr as well. Oh, yeah, Gurr. Gurr as and well. Bell. Yeah, so – so we had uh, we had very limited uh, older guys on our team. So we needed a we needed you young guns to kind of step up and uh, yeah. I mean we kind of put our balls on the line there. We played a little grease ball, a little small ball, and just kind of got shit done. And I mean it paid off for us in the end. So. Well, again, like it's it's very it's very simple. You can't write the story uh, of Dylan Pease or of VIU baseball without Dylan Pizio. Uh, but you also can't write it with freshman year where uh, you know JB and Nick played all the freshmen, scared all the older guys away. And then all of a sudden their playing time started to go down. I'm sure it was the same for you, Pease. I'm sure you came in, you know, study work from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan and, uh, you know, just lit it up your first year. So uh, your first year as a freshman, obviously you had three freshmen here on the podcast that looked up to you as an older guy. Who was uh, kind of a guy you looked up to your freshman year and you rolled into Nanaimo? Well, um, I think my freshman year, it actually really taught me a lot about what it actually means to – be a part of the team and like the college atmosphere because man when I break it down I was a shithead you know like I, there's stories boys that I can tell you and it, it it's 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 just bad you know a lot of people don't even know the real story behind it but um no two guys that I looked up to probably the most in our freshman year probably Josh Siemens and Greg Brady um I think 
with Josh, it was just kind of that Saskatchewan connection. He's from Swift Current. I'm from Moose Shot type thing. So, I mean, being two provinces over in the island, uh, it's, you know, like it's kind of a culture shock. So, you know, he kind of took me in and kind of showed me the way and everything. And, you know, it was a, it was a blessing in disguise for him, to, for me and him to actually play on the same team. Cause I mean, we had like mistakenly played against each other growing up, but not actually knowing. Right. And then when it comes to Greg, like, I mean, Greg is still someone I talk to this day, you know, like he kind of maybe not so much put the fear of God into me, but I mean, you know, he wasn't scared to speak his mind. And I mean, I'm a pretty opinionated person as well. So, you know, when those two types of personalities meet, uh, fireworks tend to happen. And if I'm not backing down and he's not backing down, things can definitely get heated. But I respect the man a lot for, you know, the things he taught me and the way he played and everything else. So now is it one of those that those boys, you know, we got Seams and Brady. Did they uh, did they give you the Prudhoe bonging treatment that uh, you probably gave all three of us at some point in our uh, freshman year? Yeah, like I'm pretty sure I got it probably a little worse than I gave it to you guys. Just just due to the fact that I was uh, one year older than usually when freshmen come in. So I was uh, well-trained for uh, those occasions, to say the least. So obviously living in Nanaimo must be a little bit different than Moose Jaw. Not a lot, but maybe a little bit. I, I don't know. I've never been to Moose Jaw. I'm sure there's a little bit of a culture shock there when you go to Nanaimo, BC on the island. And uh, the selling point, if, if I was to move to Nanaimo, which I already did, but if I'm someone who's never been to Nanaimo, uh, what's kind of the uh, bulletin board material you would give someone to be, this is what Nanaimo is all about? Well, I mean, for one, there's no snow. Like growing up in Saskatchewan, nothing worse than having to grab the snowblower when it's minus 30 out and having to do the driveways, the sidewalks, the walkways. I mean, it, that just gets old. So, I mean, there's no winter over there. But like, just like the people difference was a big thing for me too. Like, maybe not even so much that they were more friendlier, but just like different vibes and everything, you know, I'm used to the show up into the small town bar with the cowboys, and the farm boys and whatever, you know, and then you go out there and everyone's, you know, everyone's got a little bit of differentness in them. So it, it, it was definitely a culture shock in that regard. And, but like, I'm, I'm so glad I, uh, I did end up making that plunge. Cause I mean, I met a lot of cool, cool people along the way. And, um, yeah, like it's just kind of a life experience that not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. So absolutely. I think PZ nailed the most important thing is that people are so different there than they are here. And like I was yeah, born like, on Vancouver Island, moved here, moved back for school and then moved back again. So I'm just playing the yo-yo. But it's crazy. Like everyone I find in outside of BC is always in a rush or has doing yeah. something with a purpose where everyone there is like almost like they're like mildly sedated, like there's something in the water. Or they're well, all just they're high because there's, like, there's grow-offs. The yeah, exactly. No, it's it's crazy how different it is. And you're right, though. It's, yeah. It was a heck of an experience. Like, I was only there for one year. I ended up making the decision to come back here. And, you know, I don't have a lot of regrets in my life. But, like, I would probably say not returning was one of them. But it was it was a great experience, great learning experience. Like, we've got to meet guys like you, though. I, I would never know you from a hole in the ground. Well, and that's, that's the biggest thing is, like, it's just how, like, everything kind of connects you to different people elsewhere you know you've got i know guys in manitoba alberta bc like and it's just it's guys that you wouldn't come across unless you did something like this and i mean look at us now you know i'm four or five years away four or five years 
um, out of playing ball. And I mean, here we are still, you know, maybe a little bit overweight, but I mean, Hey, we're still shooting the shit and, you know, doing things that we love. So, I mean, life goes on and I think you have to kind of do those life experiences when you're young, just to kind of get you out of your comfort zone and yeah, just kind of, you know, develop your own sense of personality and your own person type thing. Well, I know, I know I can speak from experience for sure. Living in Nanaimo, uh, the biggest culture shock for me, of course, uh, I live in Shirt Park, Alberta here, and we call it the bubble because nothing bad gets into the bubble. You'll never see a homeless person. And for sure in Nanaimo, you know, you're fighting crackheads, you know, three times a day trying to get back up to the apartment at 410 or into the Prudhoe house. So uh, that's a little bit of a culture shock that made me a little bit of a, you know, turned me from a little bit of a bitch boy at the start to, uh, you know, a bit of a tougher man. I had to learn some manly mess, uh, lessons, but um again those are the things about Nanaimo you know like you said the snow that's the big one you know who wouldn't want to go to a fucking place that doesn't snow especially you know as much as it does in Saskatchewan and Alberta um that's a nice feeling obviously and you know as much as the, the weed's a big part there and you don't realize it till you go there but you know I you know wouldn't be afraid to hit the you know the bong and the joints here and there that's just that's what happens they uh they turn you that's the peer pressure right peace yeah man like fuck the things I would do to smoke a joint right now would actually be pretty disgusting. So I'm going to leave those out for the sake of the podcast, but uh, yeah, like, and like the weed there is just so much different too. Like it's, it, it's incredible, but it is kind of like a trap, man. Like all of a sudden you'll be waking up one day and it's like, you've been high ever since, like as long as you can remember, you know, it's just, it's that constant, uh, it's that constant bake, you know, cause it just never wears off. So, Peas, uh, as a VIU Mariner or a VIBI Mariner, which you were back in the day before I was actually partially affiliated with the school, uh, what did it? F- what were some of the best memories you had just baseball team related, whether it was on the field or off the field with some of the boys? What, what are a couple stories? Again, remember, the name of this podcast is Filter Not Included, which means that, you know, the real true Peas, yo can stand up and fucking share what he's got, hit it right from the chest. There's no... You know, swears are allowed and all that. We want to hear full on filterless peas, just share a couple stories that, you know, maybe he's not allowed to share on the uh, traditional streaming services there. Yeah. Well, um, I think I'll start with the good, the bad, and then the ugly. So uh, I guess I'll start with the good here. And I think the good is probably in my freshman year. It was, it, it was one of those things, you know, you, you come into something new and you don't know anyone and, whatever you know it's that college life you're going to classes with people you don't know but yeah there was one party and let me tell you like this was the icebreaker of like freshman college parties you know like there's dance floor on one floor and then the basement is everyone smoking weed and then the upstairs is people you know like having sex and doing whatever and I was just I, I can remember that night just looking back and being like holy fuck like this is it, you know, like this is the rock star lifestyle. Um, and then probably the bad one bad memory I have is well, I actually woke up in the drunk tank one night after a night in downtown. It's not the first, won't be the last, probably, but uh yeah, so we were downtown and you know, the way that the downtown and IMO is kind of set up, it's you know, there's like three bars all kind of kitty corner right where everything is so i remember you know we were at concept and then we hustled down to uh 
Level two. Level two. That's what it was. And I remember just being in there and I don't know what exactly happened, but like, I don't know if I've been that drunk before. Like I've gotten pretty drunk, but like something felt off. So I kind of went outside for a dart and some fresh air. And sure as shit, I got to walking and talking to someone. And then all of a sudden I can't walk straight. Sure as shit, two officers walking that road. You know, they give me the, hey, have you been drinking? Well, no shit, I'm downtown type thing. I don't know if my attitude helped or hurt uh, me going to the tank that night. But uh, yeah, I had the, I had my leopard print coat on. And I know that uh, some of you guys would actually remember that. But I had my leopard print coat on. And I just remember waking up in the jail cell and being like, holy fuck. You know, like it's it's not a it's not a nice feeling when you're still in the clothes you were from the night before not in your bed you know and phone's dead i had to walk home from the police station it was it was just a rough little go actually uh and then we're gonna get to the ugly so like not a lot of people know this story and i'm actually i don't even know if i can say it because it's pretty incriminating but so we had our trip down to the states as we do every year for vi right so we're we're going down there and we kind of got our shirts fucked a little bit so i think we were like two and 12 on the trip you know morale's down everything's down so we get an extra day in seattle well so the drinking age obviously is 21 down there so we had some guys that could get alcohol so this was back in the time where the four locos were kind of a big thing so I remember it was me and three other freshmen, Greg, and I can't even remember who else at this point. But we each got like one for loco. So I finished my whatever. And like, these things are pretty strong. I think they were like 12%. And like, yeah, like I, I, they're not even on the shelves anymore due to the fact. Yeah, they that, had to uh, pull those ones. They were too fucking yeah. strong. Yeah, yeah. So anyways so this is like the night before we're leaving so we're leaving we're getting on the bus at like 7 a.m we're gonna cross the border and then go home ride the ferry and head home so my dumbass, you know i have one four local and then two other freshmen are like no i don't want it and i'm like well fuck i mean i can handle my liquor i'm good to go so i pound it and then pound the other one and then now it's just like snap of the fingers i am fucked and like not even like blackout like i am like borderline unconscious like can barely function i don't really remember anything that went on but uh yeah so like 5 30 we end up stop drinking we got to catch the bus at 6 30 so this is when uh, Blundell was kind of coaching there and he goes, okay, make sure everyone's got their passports. And because I'm an idiot, I can't, you know, understand instructions or anything. So I don't have my passport. So we get to the border and they're like, okay, hey, passports for everyone. So a, I can barely freaking stand, you know, I, I like, I passed out in the bus. I had a raging Bronco the entire way. Like, I can't even remember who was sitting beside me, but it was so embarrassing. So anyways, we get to the border and I don't have my passport. I'm like looking through my bag, can't find it, can't find it. And everyone's back on the bus. It's just me. And like, they can tell that I've been drinking, I'm pretty sure. And they go, okay, so you can't find your passport. And I'm like, no. And they're like, okay, we're going to give you the Saskatchewan test. 
And I said, and and I guess I don't know, Wedge was there or something. But they gave me the Saskatchewan test. They asked me like what shape the province was and what the capital city was. And I got them both right. I mean, not hard for Canadians. But anyways, said I was from Moose Jaw. I had an Arizona State hoodie on, and they go, Did you buy anything down in the States? And I looked at them dead in the eyes and I go, No, I didn't buy anything. As the hoodie says, Arizona State. So like just bad news. I don't remember the ferry ride coming back home, but honestly, I shouldn't have been let across the border. So yeah, that was kind of my illegal act, I guess, while I was out there, but, uh, Hey, I lived to seize the day and still kick into this moment. So now that's, that's a heck of a story piece. Uh, yeah. you know, I think the first thing is how many times do you think the words, this might be self-incriminating and then for loco, like those two phrases have been put in the same sentence. Wow, man. Like, especially when you've never had them before, like if you've never had them, you don't actually really know what you're getting into. Like these things are pumped full of caffeine, full of sugar, and then full of alcohol. So like it hits you like a wrecking ball. Like that's the only way to put it because I was fine. I was fine. I was fine. And then boom, that was it. I don't remember anything until I woke up on the couch in my house, like 18 hours later. Yeah, they're, they are absolutely weapons. But, yeah. you know, I think like you touched on something too there and some of those stories is like the cool thing about VIU and like getting to move away is you kind of get, you obviously get that more, you get that more liberty, but it's also paired with like, you get to kind of just do whatever you want. Like I remember who was that Australian kid on our team that one year, Eamon? Amen. Yeah. I remember one time we were supposed to be studying for school and he's like, fuck this. I got a bottle of gin in my room. You want to start chugging it? And I was like, sure, whatever. And it was like a <laughs> Wednesday. We got wrecked on a Wednesday after practice. And it's just like the unintended parties and always being around the guy. Yeah. Like anything can happen man, at any given time. And I think that's kind of like why they say that, you know, colleges, you know, that experience you get to learn about yourself because you really never know what's going to happen in your day. You know, like we've been in the, I remember being in the library when there was a shooter, you know, outside. That was wild. You know, being, yeah. yeah. Being locked in the library, you know, like trying to figure out, you know, texting buddies like, Hey, what's going on. And they're like, Hey, you can't use your phones. And it's like, man, you're going to tell like 300 students that they can't use their phones. Like, come on, man. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was, a, that was a whole nother situation, but yeah, that just got me thinking where you're like, the uh, yeah like the unintended like just the spontaneity of like living on living with the boys and being on the team and stuff like i remember one time it, me you and brad pinchbeck yeah. uh you were like i got a place where we can drink and we just like broke into uh the fox's place <laughs> i actually just... did end up moving in there so that's actually pretty wild <laughs> um it's actually yeah. funny how that all comes full circle but yeah no there used to be some uh, some good parties down there for sure. That was the rookie party for my year, at least. Oh, yeah. Well, there, yeah, uh, there, there, is, some there is one thing that Pease does have a claim to fame for, and I, I don't know who told me, and I'm not sure. I've never seen it live and personal, but he does have the claim to fame that I'm pretty sure he does have the uh, the world – or at least a Canadian record for most uh, – uh, urinating in public uh, tickets or <laughs> arrests. I'm pretty sure he's at about three or four, which I'm sure is enough for most people's lifetime. At you know, most of them have one; they learn their lesson. But uh, P's just peed up and down fucking that street with Concept, Old City, oh, yeah. and Level Two. That was that yeah, was. P's I can't just... even. I can't even remember what uh, 
what the street name was called, but man, my urine is literally all over those dumpsters and in those alleyways. But yeah, no, I have never, like I, I got, uh, I think three in total. So if I ever go back to Nanaimo, I might have to come with some cash because those definitely didn't get paid off when I was in school. You know, most, <laughs> most people get their parking tickets. You know, most people get their, uh, you know, speeding tickets that they forget to uh, show up to court to pay them off. They have to pay a little uh, fine. But, you know, you've got, you know, three urinating in public tickets and you've also got, um, what was the other one too? You had a nice ticket of the urinating public. And you also the drunk tank. You, you probably had what two or three drunk tank visits minimum. Ah, uh, yeah, I never actually received a ticket though for oh, going okay. to the drunk well, tank. That's fair. At least visits. Yeah, just just visits. Just checking in to make sure my room was still available. So, like for the listeners out there, uh, what I'm describing is uh, Alex from Blue Mountain State. He, he he was a definition of you know just ragtag every every weekend. It was oh where's P's going to go? It's either urinating public or a drunk tank, and it was a bit of a coin flip. <laughs> And when he made it back, you know, safe and sound, it was either because we, uh, you know, we carried him or hauled him there, or, you know, maybe he found, he probably made his way to some young lady's house. Um, so peace. That didn't that happen we, very often. That but... we brought up, yeah, oh, come on, peace. You're for the people. And that's not just the males out there. Come on now. Well, no, but like I was usually too drunk to stand. So, well, you know, women weren't usually carrying me to their house. So. So we've obviously, we've asked you some stories and stuff from Nanaimo, from our past, the three of us, from Gav, Brisson, and myself. Um, we've had Westy here as well, part of the call, who's just been a real trooper, just soaking it all in and thinking, what would have happened if I went to VAU and not uh, ECBC? But what we want to do here for the last few minutes of our, uh, again, we don't interview, we, we have conversations, we have some alcohol, we have some conversations, that's what we do on the Filter Not Include podcast. But this is your time to shine, you've got a few minutes. We want you to air out anything you want to say, filter not included, something you're, you've never thought you'd say in front of a microphone and a podcast that would be available to people, whether it's an animal story, whether it's a Moose Josh story, you got the floor. Go for it. Holy. I mean, way to be put on the spot like that. That's what um, we do. No, that's totally fine. I don't know if I've got anything uh, that's really been burning me up inside or anything. I'm a, like I said before, I'm a pretty opinionated person. Like, if I got something to say, I mean, you best believe I'm going to say it. So, all right. Well, I got, um, I got two then I got to end with real quick because I've, I've, I've been letting these boys talk, asking you stories. I've got two. My favorite story of Dylan Pizio, and there's a lot of them, but this is easily my favorite. One of the hallmark of the VIU nights at 410 was the Steve Madden night. And I don't know if you oh remember the Steve Madden night. I just, no, I was pretty up, drunk you know, up for that one too. That was a good one. Now, uh, Based on your recollection right now, that little smirky smile that, you know, the listeners can't see, but it, it's a smile of defeat. It's a smile of, you know, the alcohol got the better of you. What do you remember of the Steve Madden night with, uh, was well, it Ayana? Better name? Ayana? Ayana? Yeah, Ayana. So I, I do remember, I do remember that night in chunks, but I do remember that the night before, I think it was the Friday night that we just kind of stayed in because we had practice early in the morning on Saturday. So we had watched the Wolf of Wall Street that night. And then later on after practice or whatever, we started getting into the booze. And I think we probably got into the booze a bit too early for a full night. But yeah, I remember we had a couple girls over and uh, they were trying to tell me how to be and how to act and everything. And I, uh, you know, I just started yelling Steve Madden at him and, they were kind of caught off guard. I mean, what do you really say to a guy who's just yelling drunk slurs at you the entire night, right? So, 
Yeah. And you know what? And you know what I'm gonna do, Pease, is I'm gonna send you the video as well. Uh, you know, during our break, because we are gonna bring Papa Pease back. Uh, he's gonna help us with our NFL Sunday preview. He is the gambler for the people. He has been seven four since joining Big Screen Sports, and he is the NFL insider that we brought into here. But the last question I have for you, the Big Screen Sports question that uh, is a very important one, and all of us in the Nanamo guys know it very well. Uh, if you were to walk into Old City right now on a Wing Wednesday. What is the go-to order that you're getting on a wing Wednesday at Old City in and out? Well, pretty simple. I'm getting two orders, one buffalo, one honey garlic. I mean, there's no questions. That's just the order it is for Wednesdays at Old City. If you don't get buffalo, you're, you're fucked. If you don't get honey now, garlic, Now, for the people that fucked. don't know, is it buffalo or is there something else attached with the buffalo? Because that is the specialty I've never had anywhere else. Right. So you get the lemon pepper on top of the buffalo. And I don't know what it is, man, but it just, it, it makes all the world a difference. You know, it just gives your mouth that flavor that you need, you know, something different. You know, you get used to the same old repetitive cycle, you know, you got to change it up. You got to, you got to get those taste buds going, you know? All right. Before we uh, end of the interview here, Brisson and Gavin, whichever one of you wants to go first, what is your old city order at Nanaimo free shout out for old city pub there? Whoever's listening to the filter, not include podcast. Yeah, do spice, man. Some only honey garlic. Brisson. Yeah, see, I was I was just a regular hot wing guy. I wasn't I wasn't playing around too much, but that lemon pepper on top sounds that sounds like some next level thinking from Dylan Pizio right there. Absolutely. You know young young man with row here walking in, you know, it's kind of like when you go to an ice cream store and you get the vanilla. You know, I walk into the bar, I get a little honey garlic wings, and then I believe it would, may have even been the young Dylan Pizio who put me onto the traditional, the famous buffalo blue cheese wings that Old City is known for. And you know what? Those are, you know, I hate blue cheese, but goddamn, they fucking figure. Yeah, it I don't. Out. I don't know. I, I I'm not a huge fan of blue cheese either, but I mean, something about those wings just hit different. Straight right. up. Well, we appreciate having you on, Peas. You've been uh, a true person uh, to have on the podcast. You are for the people, Papa Peas, who's joined Big Screen Sports. You're gonna see his face around on Instagram and Twitter, TikTok, and likely Facebook. Uh, at big screen sports twitter is at big screen sport with no s peas is for the people he's the pit viper king he is going to bring your gambling picks every single sunday that's going to guarantee you winning tickets each week in and out peas we appreciate you coming on to the podcast are you still able to stick around and help us young fucking boys here who aren't as successful as you at gambling with our nfl sunday preview and other aspects of the nfl sunday yeah, absolutely. Hey, I would just like to say thanks for, uh, you know, having me on. It's kind of nice to, you know, take a step back and then uh, step back into kind of some old memories and, you know, stuff that you might have forgotten, whatever else. But it's always good to come back. But, yeah, no, I've got some picks, and let me tell you, they're hot. Well, there is the pop of Peace conversation that many of our listeners have been waiting for. And if not, Peace is going to shout them out. We're going to talk to some of the BAU guys, get them to listen, get some numbers up here because everybody needs to listen to Peace and his story and all the days in the NIMO. But down to important business here. We have NFL Sunday coming up. What week we got, gentlemen? We got week eight coming up, week seven? Eight. Eight, baby. Eight. Used to be the halfway point. Now it's not. It's the just about halfway point. So what we got going on here is we're going to preview each of our favorite teams games. We're going to talk about them a little bit, how the team's doing, how the team they're playing against is doing, what the outcome is going to be, what our predictions are. And we're going to do some other segments as well with our NFL Sunday, which we know why is why you listened into. We got the free PZO interview just to go along with it.
So uh, I'll start off because my Cardinals have already played on Thursday night football after this record or as the, before this recording was made, the recording came out after the game has happened. So let's give our predictions. Uh, my Cardinals won, I'll say 35 to 14. And I hit my free $10 bet 365 parlay, and I'm just as happy. Any other predictions? What do we got? Thursday night football. Go. Uh, I think I think the Packers are going to cover. I don't think they're going to win, though. I have the final score 27-24 in favor of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a shootout type of game where Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray are just going to be tossing bombs left and right. I think it's going to be – Green Bay covers. It, it'd probably be an over game. That's what I'm running with. Yeah, I don't know idea. What I think, I think this is going to be interesting to watch because now you get the old school versus new school quarterbacks while they're still good. So you have Aaron Rodgers, who is mainly a uh, pocket passer. He is more of a gunslinger type. Where you, then you have Kyler Murray, who can just accidentally scramble for ten yards at a time. So you know, it's. I think this might be the last time that we really get to see something like that, but. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I think I know someone who does, and that's Pease. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to go the other way. I think that uh, you're wrong there, Matty B. Uh, if you remember last week, you did see Aaron Rodgers scramble into the end zone and basically tell Chicago, I own this team. So um, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. I do think that this game is going to go over. I think this. I think the over-under is like 54 or something. But uh, without Devontae Adams in, obviously due to COVID, COVID protocol, don't be surprised if a guy like Alan Lazard goes off for like two scores, 140. He got banged yards. two keys. I think, he got, close, I think he got close contacted today. Really? Just yeah, and he's unvaccinated, so he's five days, so he's so you're done. Thinking, done. You're thinking oh cards by a million. You're thinking cards by a million. MBS is coming back too, so. Okay, I'm changing my pick. <laughs> We are going to go Arizona 26, the Packers 16. The under is now hitting. It's no longer the over. It is the under. We have no weapons in Green Bay. So we're going under and we're going Arizona to, to cover. Well, as sharp as Pease is in his gambling, I trust Pease. Obviously, we have a lot of Cardinals victory there. But the important question here before we get into the other game previews for all of our favorite teams here, uh, we have Papa Pease's Ravens who are on a bye, which is unfortunate timing on our part, but obviously that's why we're filtered not included, and that's why we are as low on the totem pole for podcasts as there is because we bring a guest on who's a Ravens fan, they're on a bye. But going into this game, Green Bay Packers, Arizona Cardinals, all of the scutter bug is about Aaron Rodgers' hairstyle, and he's growing it out for his Halloween costume, which is happening the day of the release of this podcast. It is Halloween. I'm sure that there's going to be pictures of him, even though it's Thursday night football. He may even have dressed up already at this point. So let's assume Thursday night football is when Aaron Rodgers dresses up in his Halloween costume that people have been talking about for weeks and weeks because they have nothing fucking better to talk about. Boys. What do we have for predictions for Aaron Rodgers' Halloween costume based on the hairstyle he's grown out? Pease, we're going to start with you. Holy. I mean, I knew that uh, I knew that he was growing it out, but I mean, like, how the heck am I supposed to know? I'm going to go with something like Indiana Jones here. That's exactly I that's, what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know what else it could be, but I think that's a safe pick there. 
Uh, I think he's going to be going as Joe Dirt. I think he's Joe going to look like a shitty lesbian. Is that's what I'm? That's, I think he's just going to cross dress this motherfucker. I mean, his well, hair he, is uh, kind of looking like the way mine did back in the day, and that was pretty greasy. So, like, a, I mean, like I'm not, a nice is California post swimming pool Bill and Pizio. That's what we're looking at right now is a little wet Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah, it's it's a sight for sore eyes. This is this is not nice, but I mean, when he's playing as well as he is, I mean, the hair really doesn't matter. So. Well, uh, the one that I've heard around the uh, the scutterbug around the league about Aaron Rodgers has been lots of different options. Joe Dirt's been thrown out there. I've heard the Joker. Uh, I've obviously heard lots of other ones that you boys have talked about. But the one I'm going to throw out there is they were talking about it was uh, Michael Scott from the early days of the office, which I don't really think that's going to be, but he is a big office guy. When he came back from his big uh, I'm not playing for the Packers. I don't want to play for the Packers. He came back wearing a shirt from the office. So that's going to be my guess because that's really the only important part of Thursday night football is what is Aaron Rodgers Halloween going to cost him going to be because he's a few days early to the prom in terms of Halloween. Now, moving on to our weekend preview. We have a few games. We have Matty Brisson. Bengals are playing Monday night football. Is that correct, Matty B? No, we are actually at the 11 a.m. slot on Sunday. No, so. Westy is. Monday Night Football. Apologies. Yeah, Wesley's got the Monday Night Football, but yeah, we got the Bengals taking on the Jets. The Bengals are minus 10.5 favorites. I'm probably going to take them with the points. The Jets, obviously, Zach Wilson's injured. Uh, he might be dead. We don't have any proof of life, so we're going to go with the most grim response there. Um, yeah, no, I think the Bengals are going to cover here. I think they're going to beat the shit out of the Jets. I mean, Joey Burrow hasn't finished a game the last two games. He hasn't played more than two snaps in the entire fourth quarter, so I mean, you got to take the team that's hot. I have no idea how we're actually winning games, but I have a feeling we're going to hit a brick wall here in a hurry. Any, anybody else got anything on that game uh, while we're previewing it? PZO, the handicap expert, what do you got on that one? Well, I mean, he's not wrong. Cincinnati's going to cover. It's not going to be close. The Jets are ass. And, I mean, they, they don't have Zach Wilson. I mean, I've heard that Joe Flacco might play, but, I mean, his best days are behind him. Um, but I actually do think that the defense is now serviceable in Cincinnati, and that's, uh, you know, that's really helping uh, the offense kind of click. You know, you got Jamar Chase, you got Joe Mixon, you got CJ Uzma. Like, I mean, tons of weapons out there. So, no, Cincinnati takes this one easily. All right, one last thing before we move on to the next game. Westy, putting you on the spot. Say one nice thing about the Jets. Go. The Jets, eh? Fuck. One nice they got, thing. They got a Mormon as our QB. That's pretty nice. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next game. We're going to go to uh, Gavin's Cowboys Sunday night football playing the Vikings. Gav, floor is yours. Talk about how about the Cowboys. Yeah, no, uh, obviously, Cowboys started off to the season pretty, pretty well. Um, I'm kind of nervous going to Sunday night against Minnesota at home. Um, but thing is, Minnesota Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins, how does he do in primetime? Not so fucking right. good. Not so fucking good. So, not, and that's my, uh, and that's the grand horizon when, I wa- when I'm going to be watching tonight football this week. So, I, I think the Cowboys win by seven. Um, yeah. I think right, seven's yeah. a bit high. I think seven's a bit high for that one. Don't be surprised if they win on like a last second field goal, but I do have Dallas as well winning this football game. Yeah, no, that, that, I, I arrived at that. Um, 
Gav, one thing I think we do have to discuss, though, is the last podcast we talked about our early season favorites for the NA, or the NFL awards. Yeah. Um, right now, comeback player of the year, it's looking like it's either going to be Burrow or Prescott. Uh, that's just that's a rivalry thing right there. So how about we make a little wager? Uh, loser has to make, let's say, a 10, a 10 phrase poem about the other person's team. Okay. I'm going it's with very that. affectionate. So I'm not explaining this very well, but, you know, I think I think it's probably going to be me writing it. So I'm kind of digging my own grave here. <laughs> so now we have Maddie Brisson going against Gavin which I know these two are as about as good as research as anybody else here in this fucking Zoom meeting. So I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, Westy, what do you got in the Cowboys-Vikings game? You know, Gavin said that Kirk Cousins doesn't play his best on primetime. I, I hope he does. I hope he does because uh, Giants are coming back in this division and we need Kirk Cousins to win this game for us. Coming back in this division. Well, I have, I have, I'm, I'm fully on the uh, Kirk Cousins in primetime because Kirk Cousins has actually got a lot of MVP love, which is not Kirk Cousins like, especially, you know, seven weeks into an NFL season. So I really hope that it's not only bad, it's fucking uh, entertainingly hilarious to watch Kirk Cousins in primetime at home. I hope Skull Nation boos him off the field. I hope the Cowboys just fucking wipe the floor with him. But who knows? Kirk Cousins could go out there and throw 350 touchdowns and three touch 350 yards and three touchdowns and prove all of us wrong. And that's like the that. number one offense to catch to uh, catch up to that. So we're okay. You like that? Yeah. I think you hammer the over. I don't care what it is. Just give me it. Hook it to my veins and I'll go to sleep a happy boy. Mm-hmm. There we go. All right. The last game we're going to talk about here is Westy's Giants. Westy's Giants are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs are at home at Arrowhead Stadium. Westy, are the Kansas City Chiefs broken, and are the Giants going to win this game? I mean, the storyline going in this one is, how come is Kansas City offense isn't like how they were last year, or how, like, Patty Mahomes hasn't been the same Patty Mahomes he's been for since he's came in this league? He, he's going in concussion, uh, concussion protocol, so he's questionable coming into Monday. I think he'll play, but Giants are still riddled with injuries. I think Shep, Kenny G, Evan Engram, Kadarius, Tony are all questionable. We're missing a couple of our key pieces on O-line, and an hour safety, Jabril Peppers is out. So, you know, we're riddled with injuries. It's going to be one of those games where uh, who does not turn over the football will probably win this game. I mean – Giants do have a chance at minus nine and a half. I, I, I'm going to roll with my guys, my ride or die type of guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Giants plus nine and a half. It's probably going to be a uh, close game. So, I don't know if it's the over under I'm going to touch, but if anything, I'll lean to the under. Uh, Matty B, you uh, you got some thoughts on this game? Let's uh, let's share it for the people. Yeah, I mean, this game is. Like the Chiefs offense, like Wesley said, has been sputtering. And the last thing you want to do is kind of poke the bear and be like, hey, are you sleeping? Like, and he just did that verbally. And so I don't know exactly how the Giants plan to win this game. Maybe Joe Judge will tape some more tennis balls to his offensive lineman's hands so they don't don't get used to holding. But this game is this this game is a slump buster for the Chiefs. Chiefs. I think they're gonna drop a fucking couple touchdowns here right away. Uh, we got the uh, sharpest handicapper in Western Canada here joining us, which is Papa Peas. Peas, as the handicapper of the group, what are you taking on this game? Uh, spread over player props. What do you got going on in this one? Yeah, like 
Maddie B kind of hit this right on the head. Couldn't have said it any better myself. But there's got it. There's there's always a get right game, and I I feel horrible because Giants Nation does not deserve this. But this is the get right game for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I like I said, don't be surprised if it's like forty to six or something. They might hit the overall by themselves. It it, it, it they have such an electric offense that. You know, it's got to come alive eventually. The 31st ranked defense is not that good either. So, yeah, but that was a result of Jackson Mahomes doing a fucking TikTok dance on Sean Taylor's number. Yeah, come from that, man. Yeah, yeah we got to cancel. We got to cancel him. Cancel Jackson Mahomes. Because I think it was like a few weeks ago when that video of him went viral when he threw water on a fan as well. Yeah, and people were yeah. trying to get him charged with assault because technically, yeah. like by the letter of the law, that is assault. But, like, people were freaking out, and they were, like, sending proposals to the court on, like, how to nail this dude. Like, it was it was fucking insane. I was Man, and through all this, I, I feel bad for Mahomes' wife because she's the one who's filming Jackson do these videos. So, oof, that's a tough one. Is that really who's filming? Jeez. Yeah. What a poor lady. You know, she gets to – she's married to Patrick Mahomes, who's multi-millionaire. Owns $500 million. Yeah. Owns part of the Kansas City fucking Royals. And then has to take videos of Jackson. I mean, like the trade-off is just impeccable. Yeah, what a I don't I don't know if that's worth it. And I do a lot of bad things in my life for like <laughs> no, and it was probably it was probably in Patrick and her's uh, wedding vows, you know, like he has to keep Jackson close to the family because you know he he can't survive on his own. So I'm sure it was the you know, when they're getting married, it's you know, you're gonna take care of Jackson TikTok wise and everything. So I'm sure that's kind of contract obligation that on her end that you know i'm gonna provide you 500 million dollars worth of career earnings in my end you know you just have to film a few tiktoks here and there for jackson so i'm sure that's a pretty sweet bargain that most women could take they've done worse you know we um moving on they've done worse is a very low standard me i know i know i've done worse and i know he's right. done worse here's, here's, a nice, here's a nice hypothetical matt person your your woman makes 500 million dollar career earnings what is the lowest of lows you would do to uh, satisfy that relationship that you'd keep her go. Oh, there is no level of look like I would anything. I would do a lot of things. There are a few games left here. We're going to get into, are there any other games, gentlemen, that you guys uh, notice on the docket that we didn't talk about that you got a few headlines or things you want to point out before we move on to the next segment? Well, yeah, back to um, the Ravens, you know, they're not going to lose this week, so that's good. That's good. So that's all I got to say about them. When's the trade deadline, Gab? You might know that because yeah, Tuesday, next week. Tuesday isn't it? November something Tuesday. Yeah, next next uh, Tuesday. Okay, so here's my hypothetical. So the Bills are favored by thirteen and a half over the Dolphins. So I think that the Dolphins are going to intentionally lose by like fifty points just to justify this impending Deshaun Watson trade here. They're just going to be like, we're so bad and Tua sucks. So we need to, we need to make this trade. Are you sure, are you sure that uh, Brian Flores doesn't just go into the QB room and say, you know what, Tua, I need you to play your best game here. And then all of a sudden Tua's like, yeah, I'm going to go do that. And he throws three interceptions. Because I'm sure Tua is not a guy that can tank on, you know, it, it was a tank for Tua forever. Now all of a sudden they're actually tanking for somebody other than Tua. I'm pretty sure that all Brian Flores has to do is go into the QB room and say, hey, you know what? Go play your best game out there. And I'm sure he'll give him the fucking pure debacle that that lefty's been giving him all year. So 
I wouldn't be surprised at Deshaun Watson suiting up in that nice aqua blue Miami Dolphin color. Um, you know, hide the massage therapy and everything like that. Now, the one game that I want to talk about real quick, there's a hypothetical scenario that I believe would be absolutely hilarious for not only Twitter, but for NFL fans out there is easily my favorite tweet of all time when during the Pittsburgh Steelers Cleveland Browns game where Miles Garrett assaulted Mason Rudolph and Adam Shefford just tweeted the word assault with the period after it. I hope that there's a scenario because Ben Roethlisberger is on the injury report is questionable, which is the stupidest thing in NFL because all players are questionable going into a game. If Ben Roethlisberger actually does not play in this game or has to get knocked out early in this game, Mason Rudolph comes in that Miles Garrett sexually assaults him on the field and we get some more pure Twitter comedy gold during NFL red zone with Scott Hansen. Boys, what are you thinking about that? Would that just not be pure comedy gold for you on your NFL Sunday? I think even if Miles Garrett was to get a sack against Mason Rudolph, that it would be all hell breaks loose. Like that would be something special. Like, do you but think, I do, it, think they, I do think Ben plays so? But I don't, I, I see Ben getting like, you know, one of those weak, rough in the passer penalties. Ben walking off with one of his numerous injuries he's had throughout his career. And then it's all right, Mason Rudolph's coming in to steal the show on the road in Cleveland. I don't know. That's just a hypothetical that uh, I would love to see looking at the card right now. Also, we have the Titans playing the Colts. A uh, nice rivalry there. Those are two teams uh, battling for that AFC South. Uh, boys, who do we got, Titans or Colts? I don't really think you can better against the Titans right now, the way they're coming out the last few weeks, especially with Derrick Henry putting the team on his back week after week. I, I'm not betting against the Titans for the, for the foreseeable future, so I'm riding Titans here. Now, we also have a very special first ever. Pease, you may not know this. I texted it in our big screens. Or it's group chat. You're not a part of it yet. That's uh, royalty. We'll get you on there soon. You got to handicap a little more for us. But I have created the first ever big screen sports NFL best bet system for this season. And we're seven weeks in. The system bet for big screen sports here is home dogs in divisional games. So I'll repeat that home underdogs in divisional games. And do you know who's a home underdog in a divisional game this week? Anybody know the answer to that? No, it is the New Orleans Saints plus six against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, let me preface that by saying this best bet makes me want to puke my guts out on a Sunday morning after drinking all Saturday night. But it is part of the best bet system, and you never know what happens. Maybe Jameis Winston plays that MVP LASIK 2020 uh, caliber that everybody's been talking about. Maybe this is his week to shine at home in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and maybe he holds that spread at plus six against the Bucks. Do you guys have any positive reinforcement to give me going into our first ever big screen sports best bet with the Saints plus six at home in a divisional game against the Bucks? I just have a question. Is Michael Thomas playing? Uh, Michael oh. Thomas. No, he's not. Right he's, he's not, not playing. I do not love the best bet. If he is... He's on the PUP I, with an ankle injury. I don't know what the PUP is again. What physically is that again? unable to perform. Well, he's been physically uh, unable he to was perform in, since like 2019. Just, yeah, if, if he was playing, I would just hate it a little less. But I really don't like that that pick. Uh, the Bucks 
look great. Tom Brady is father time himself. Uh, the Bucs are going to win that game on the road, at home. It doesn't matter. You could play in the cornfield and they win. So, Yeah, they're going to win. Let's just hope. Are you, are you hoping they're going to cover the spread at least for the best bet piece? What do you think? I First mean, bet? I hope they do. Are you going to add it to your the card? Or are you, are you going to add it to your card? Or is it too early for you to start jumping on the big screen sports best bet? I will throw it as a single bet this week. There we go. And That's what I'm talking you can, about. You can mark my words. Get the yeah. Pit Vipers on because you know what? Pit Viper Peas is different than normal Dylan Pizio, and I'm telling you, it's a fucking difference. Wesley, what are your thoughts? Bucks, Saints, give me some sort of fucking hope. Say one nice thing about the Saints. Go. I, I can't say one nice thing about the Saints because they went into Seattle and they barely beat the Seahawks in Seattle. But yeah, uh, Gino, how about here, here's a stat for you to make you feel a little better. Saying that something nice about the Saints, Geno Smith is seven and zero against the spread as a starter in the last seven games. There you go. That's nice. There you yeah. go. Fuck Geno Smith. Saints are going to cover. This Tampa Bay game, this Tampa Bay and uh, Saints game is on the new segment we got coming up uh, that uh, that you'll be introducing here pretty soon. Here, I think you know what it is. Oh, we know exactly what it is, and you know what we're going to do is we're going to take a small break here. At filter not included, we're gonna get, uh, we're gonna replenish our alcohol, and we're gonna come back to you as drunk and as strong as ever. We're gonna be right back. Now we've done our NFL preview Sunday picks here with the boys here at Big Screen Sports on the filter not included podcast. But we've got a few segments here that are special here to filter not included podcast. We appreciate you sticking around as long as we have. So we're gonna get into them right now. We got first segment. We got our upset game of the week. Now. For all of you gamblers out there, no, this is not the upset. They're going to cover the spread as underdogs game of the week. This is the they're going to win outright as underdogs, whatever type of game you want to bet on. So I'm going to go first. My underdog game of the week here is the New England Patriots are going to win on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers as Gav flips me the fattest fucking middle finger. Uh, That is my underdog game pick of the week. Gav, I assume you had that, so I'm going to go to Westy or Brisson. Westy or Brisson, who are your under, uh, sorry, your underdog game of the weeks? All right, my underdog game of the week. I'm upset taking. Game. Sorry, upset game of the week. Fuck, I already forgot what it's called. Upset game of the week. My upset game of the week will be the winless Detroit Lions taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think this is the week where Dan Campbell does not cry and actually will get the dub and, uh, yeah, bet on Jared Goff to win this game. Now, I Gav, am backing that 1,000%. 1,000% guarantee. Um, I'd say game of the week. Uh, well, you took mine, so I just think of one on the fly. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Jags, upset the Seahawks this week. I think Trevor Lawrence is coming off a big win back, back in London a couple weeks ago, so I think he's going to get another one this week. Matty B. And well, Gab just took mine. You know, I am going to take the Dolphins to upset the Bills. Huge line there. Tua, if he has any hopes of staying in the NFL, he's going to have to fucking make some noise this Sunday. Now, I like that. A plus 600, man. It's almost just tempting just to put like 10 bucks on it. Now, what yeah, I'm just, just fucking probably rude and controversial, but the only fucking way I'd ever bet on the Dolphins to beat the Bills on the road, Dolphins on the road, sorry, against the Bills would be. If my grandmother gave me uh, a bond when I was 12 years old 
at $100. And at 22, 24 years old now, 12 years later, it went up to $108. And I'm thinking, you know what? Let's throw $8 on plus $600 bet. That's the only fucking way I'd ever pick the Dolphins. But you know what, Prasad? I hope you win the bet. Because I, I, they're, in, they're in such panic mode right now. They have no fucking draft picks next year. Because they gave away two firsts. They have absolutely no future. Brian Flores looks like he got bit by, like in a zombie apocalypse now, a shit for brains. And so you need Tua to show you something that's not worth selling what little assets you have to get uh, Deshaun Watson. Like, it's incredible. So, Papa Pease, he is our last pick here on the Upset Game of the Week. What are you, you had two. I'm sure one of them got taken, but share with the fans what your two were. Well, they actually both got taken. So it was the Jags over the Seahawks. I do think Trevor Lawrence is, you know, starting to get familiar with everything. You know, he's starting to see how the NFL works. And no better defense to play than the Seattle Seahawks. They're absolutely brutal. If you can stay away from Bobby Wagner and Blitzboy, you should you should be okay. And then my other one was the Detroit uh, Lions. I, I they've been they, like they've been so close these last few weeks. You know, even the heartbreaker against the Ravens. Like, they've been close, and this is the week to get it done. So, after looking at some spreads here, I cannot believe that I stumbled across this game. But Denver is minus three against Washington. And I don't know what it is with this team, but I've been high on Washington since I started here with Big Screen Sports. And you can freaking print it with me. They're winning on the road against the Denver Broncos. Mile high, baby. Let's go. Like Papa Pease does there in Moose Jaw Saskatchewan, even though he's not there right now, he's going to print the money for you, taking the Washington football team, who couldn't be in more of a fucking uh, in-house crisis than the Chicago Blackhawks of the NHL or possibly other teams in that scenario with Dan Snyder and those emails circulating. But you know what? Sometimes all that need, all you need in a little bit of controversy – with the front office and the people within it is the boys on the field to rally and win one for their Washington football fans. So that's a good pick piece. I'm going to ride with you on that one. If I had to throw my gambling picks out there, like I said, I'm one in 10 probably in the last three weeks, I would still ride with that because I trust the Washington football team in that spot. Now we're going to get into our future bull prediction here for Sunday. Gav future bull prediction. We're going to give it the floor to you first in case we don't have the time. What is your future bull prediction for this Sunday, whether it's NFL, whether it's MLB, whether it's NHL, whether it's something related with sports? What do you got for your future bull prediction? Yeah, no, uh, NFL defenses the last few weeks have held TJ Hawkinson in check. So I think this week he goes over 120 yards receiving and a score. All right. For those of you that weren't sure, they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Lions are at home. Lions are... Uh, obviously winless and they are three and a half point underdogs against the Eagles there. So look for TJ Hawkinson to get, what was it over 120 in a touchdown? Yep. Exactly. There you go. Take that. Maddie Bieberson, what is your future bull prediction? Yeah. You know, it's uh, the NFL is definitely something that you have to always be prepared for. So I'm going to say we're going to have two ties this week because that would make no sense. And <laughs> That would make all the sense at the same time. Uh, for those people out there listening, that is probably the most future and most full, bold prediction we've had on the podcast. Coming from the same man that predicted a streaker in the first London game 
between the Atlanta Falcons and New York Jets. That is a kind of bold prediction that we need on this podcast. Keep things light. I really do hope there's two ties out there. Now, if there were two ties out there, Rasan, what do you think a nice reward would be on behalf of myself and big screen sports if two ties happened in the NFL on Sunday? Fuck, I don't even – I think this is better asked for Peas. Peas is the – he's the man of the people. He knows what the people would want. Peas, what would the people want in this scenario? If there were two ties in the NFL, what does – what do the people do for Matty B in that bold prediction hit no? If that was to hit, not even this week, but any week alone in the NFL, I think this man needs to go to Vegas with a GoFundMe whatever – and he gets to pick red or black and he gets to keep all the profit because I mean, that would be the absolute boldest of bold. And for him to hit on something like that, that would be miraculous. If well, you would... could find me a bet to make on that, I would take it. You would have to individually pick the games that get the ties. Obviously with a bold prediction like that, we wouldn't ask for anybody to do that. Um, you know what? I was, you know, the cheapskate that I am that buys fucking, you know, the Rainier type beer in the old Milwaukee's that, you know, peas lived off of in Nanaimo. I'm a cheapskate. Oh, yeah, you know what? I probably would have said, you know what? I'll buy your $8 Edmonton Elks ticket to a CFL game on a uh, Friday night. But that's just how cheap I am. The little reward. But, you know, Vegas trip isn't bad, peas. You know, maybe we'll fly out business class too, because you are for the people and, you know, Vegas is for the people. But uh, two ties on NFL Sunday. Holy fuck, I hope Red Zone covers that. And I really do hope that there are two games, at least in overtime. At least in overtime. Two games in like overtime. At least, yeah, like at least give us a chance to like experience the, oh fuck, this could happen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Westy, your future bold prediction there, Mr. Google Fest, who has the Christian Yelich Brewers jersey hanging up in the room since week one. What is your future bold prediction? Uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs has been the best corner in the NFL through seven weeks. Uh, not this week. Uh, Justin Jefferson, three touchdowns on Sunday night football. Go Vikes. All right. Now, I'm going to go first before because guest Pizio is our guest. We'll let him take the spotlight in this segment. I'm going to go first. There are three games with 10-plus point favorites in the NFL. The Bills minus 14 right now. On Wednesday night of recording, we have the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Brisson's Bengals minus 10.5 on the road against the New York Jets. And we also have the Los Angeles Rams on the road minus 14.5 favorites against Houston Texans. All three of those are going to cover the spread. All three 10-plus point spread favorites are going to cover. Yes, Gavin, you are blowing up the chat. You have breaking news. Go. Yeah, breaking news. Um, Arizona Cardinals defensive end J.J. Watt is out for the remainder of the season, going out for shoulder surgery. The Cardinals will be out, be without him for the remainder of the year. Well, that's that's very simple. You know, just, just hearing the news right now, fresh as it is right now. No, I didn't bring it up earlier before we recorded. But obviously, it's one of those you hear that and you think, well, J.J. Watt carries the team mentally and psychologically because that's just the leader that J.J. Watt is. And you know what? Holding that team up to the standards that he lives by, that's tough on the shoulders. He needs a shoulder surgery. He'll still be on the sidelines cheering for the team in regular person street clothes. Quite frankly, he's been just about useless on the fucking defensive line. But like I said earlier in the year, they didn't bring him along to get fucking 14 and a half sacks. 
They brought him along to be the distraction for other guys like Chandler Jones, uh, Lane Golden, and other players like that to rack up sacks for the Arizona Cardinals defense under Vance Joseph. So, Gav, we appreciate the breaking news. That's a very important part of this, but still look to take the Arizona Cardinals Thursday night football, even though they already won 35-10 to 10 in my prediction. Now, Papa Peas, you got your future bull prediction. I just took all three 10-plus point favorites in this NFL Sunday. Peas, what is your future bull prediction for NFL Sunday, MLB World Series, NHL hockey, other, et cetera? Yeah, I'm going to go with a multi-sport uh, little prediction here. So we're going to start with basketball, then baseball, and end with a Sunday. Well, I guess it's not Sunday. It's a Thursday night that we'll know more about my prediction. Starting with baseball, the Atlanta Braves will win the World Series in five games. Now, I'm pretty sure that they lost tonight. So that would mean that they're going to go 3-0 and here in the next three games at this point of recording the astros are winning seven to two in the top of the eighth inning in game two the braves lead that series one nothing yeah yeah no i i would hate to uh be mattress max accountant looking at all that uh money being blown away because the braves they're gonna sweep out here they're absolutely gonna sweep out uh now on to basketball the lakers the la lakers let me tell you boys this team is broken and not only that, LeBron James, something's going to happen. And it's not going to be good. He's going to have to step away from the team because he's going to be hurt. And the Lakers will start to figure it out. And then, they, and then he'll come back, and it'll be just wagon status. They need to vibe, they need to vibe a little bit on that team before the, they can uh, succeed. And then for my NFL bold prediction, it's Chase Edmonds. He's going off for 100 yards and two totters. Hasn't had one this year. Book it. I'm telling you, this is going to happen. Two touchdowns, 100 yards, all purpose. This, this is the game. This is the game he does it. Beautiful. All right. One last segment we really forgot about here. We're going to take 10 seconds each to pick our pick here on Big Screen Sports. But we also have the blowout game of the week. Boys, blowout game of the week. Take a quick look at the card. Who's ready to go blow game of the week? Yeah, you can give this one to me. I've been looking at this game for a while. The over-under is 39-and-a-half between San Francisco and Chicago. I'm telling you right now, both defenses aren't going to be there. It's going to be a scrimmage. Jimmy G, three totters. Justin Fields, one rushing, two passing touchdowns. I'm telling you, the over is going to be hammered, and San Francisco is going to win that game. Okay, so let me just specify here. I like that pick as an over, but let me specify here. Blow game of the week, we're thinking a team's going to win 30-3 against some poor fucking schmuck team that doesn't deserve to win or score any points. Now, Peas, let me ask you again. Are the 49ers going to absolutely blow out and route the Bears, or do you still see that being a close contest? If not, who is your blow game of the week? Taking a look at the card right now. No, I don't need to look. Uh, I'll put my money on the San Francisco 49ers. That team is just waiting for a blow up. And yeah, that, 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 like they're going to, they might hit the over by themselves. Beautiful. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the fucking Atlanta Falcons to absolutely blow out the Panthers, who, do, who proved to us that the first three weeks of NFL season couldn't be less fucking predictive than, uh, 
whatever you want to think is predictive, but really the Falcons are going to blow out the fucking Panthers because Sam Darnold is seeing ghosts in Carolina and he's going to see ghosts here in Atlanta. And quite frankly, I think Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan are going to come up with a game plan that Matt rule and his fucking little turtleneck wearing ass isn't going to be able to stop Atlanta Falcons by a fucking billion. Now who's got their blow game of the week here. Who wants to go? Go ahead, Matt. Um, I'll take the Cowboys at the Vikings. So the Cowboys are favored by one, but I think the Cowboys are really good. And I have no faith in Kirk Cousins being able to actually continually put forward an offense that will score points. Uh, I'm not buying in anything going on in Denver. So uh, I think Washington football team is going to absolutely blow up the Broncos this week. Oh, shit. They got to blow up for the fucking Washington football team, Dan Schneider's team, Westy. Go. Uh, I don't believe in the uh, big screen sports uh, undog favorite. Tampa Bay is going to blow out the New Orleans Saints. It's not even going to be close. And that's all the time we have here. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Milk me. Peace and love. Love you guys. Take care. See you, boys.